so we've set a date by 2033, which is the 2,000-year anniversary of uh, Acts chapter 2, at least uh, we are regarding it so, um, that we would see every person on earth have an opportunity through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to know Jesus Christ. We don't necessarily believe everyone is going to be saved, but we believe everyone deserves a chance to know the Jesus we know, and we believe the work of the Holy Spirit is going before us and in us and through us. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. It's my privilege today to speak with Dr. Billy Wilson, president of Oral Roberts University, about his work at ORU, but also mainly about his role with Empowered 21. Welcome to Charisma Connection, Dr. Wilson. Thank you, Chris. Great to be with you today. And so glad to have you. Now, you are the global co-chair of Empowered 21, otherwise known as E21. I understand E21 was born out of the Azusa Street Centennial. What was your role with that Centennial? Uh, Yes, Chris, I was the executive officer of the Centennial and helped um, execute the event um, in 2006. We had about 50,000 people from 114 nations around the world. It was really um, a wonderful homecoming for the entire spirit-filled movement uh, globally. Hard to believe that it was that long ago. I know it's amazing, yeah, but it was. Yeah, it's a great event. So, could you tell us first how E21 came into being then, and and also how you got involved? Sure. Well, following the Azusa Centennial, uh, Chris, we found ourselves with the largest database of uh, really Pentecostal charismatic leaders in the history of the movement. We had cell phone numbers, email addresses of people literally all over the world who came to the Centennial. Uh, Initially, we really didn't know uh, what to do with that and how to steward that forward. And then in 2008, I became part of the Board of Trustees, serving as vice chair here at Oral Roberts University of that board. ORU was in a big change, and uh, the board chair wanted to do some things to assure alumni of ORU that this university would continue to focus on the Holy Spirit. So we started a series of conversations around the world. We went to five different continents, had 17 events, asking about the Spirit-filled, Spirit-empowered Christianity in the 21st century, and uh, got ready for a large event that we had here at ORU in 2010 that ultimately became known as Empowered 21. Um, we thought that would be it, that we'd do the big event, we would uh, sort of make our uh, uh, statement to the alumni and friends of ORU that we were going to continue to commit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our generation. And uh, shortly before that, we realized that the event was not going to be an end point, but rather a launch point, and it uh, initiated really a whole new organization that has come to be known as Empowered 21. Empowered meaning uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We did a lot of testing of of words of how this new generation would self-identify themselves, Pentecostal, charismatic, evangelical, spirit-led, spirit-filled, or spirit-empowered. Uh, the word that tested the highest that the new generations liked the most was spirit-empowered. And then uh, focus groups among college-age students added the 21, which means 21st century. So what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit in the 21st century? Well, that really encapsulates it into a couple of words. 
So you are also the president of ORU, as you mentioned, and the fourth in the university's history. So I assume that at least one of your gifts is organizational in nature. And, and you serve on the board of other organizations as well. So what do you bring to this role as global co-chair? Yeah, good question, Chris. We didn't try out for the role. We ended up again, I uh, sort of say it this way, providentially stumbling into this uh, significant relational network that is the largest in the movement's history. Um, you know, I have global relationships all over the world, have had for a number of years. I've preached in 98 nations around the world personally. I tend to be a person that um, uh, sort of, I've been called a visionary, so I'll see a lot of things. And then uh, due to the Azusa Centennial and our relationship building over the years, developed a lot of trust among uh, Pentecostal charismatic leaders. And um, I think that trust um, uh, being seen as a, a secure source and also not necessarily personally being a, a large personality myself, not in competition with anyone, it's allowed me to uh, bring these groups together and focus on the big, big tasks before us um, as Pentecostals and Charismatics in the 21st century. And you are the global co-chair, so you must have another co-chair, and I believe that's George O. Wood, is it not? Yes, Dr. Wood is serving with us presently, and he's the chair of the World Assemblies of God Fellowship and a wonderful friend and has been a, a great uh, partner. Uh, Jack Hayford was our initial co-chair, and then as Jack, uh, Pastor Jack retired, uh, Dr. Wood stepped in and has done a great job. So you have uh, so many events coming up. But first, let's talk about what is the structure of such a large organization. Tell us about the inner workings and and how you deal with different leaders across the globe. Yeah, good, Chris. We uh, we have a global council that uh, gives inspirational oversight to the network. It's a relational network, so there's no bylaws. You don't have to sign a constitution. Uh, there are no dues required. People do give that are part of the network, but it's all free will. And we're there by relationship, although we are careful to have people of integrity at the table as much as possible. And um, out of that global council, then, we have 14 regional cabinets. Most of the cabinets uh, populated by between 15 to 30 leaders in that part of the world who are sort of um, top denominational, independent, charismatic Pentecostal leaders, all of them working on the same uh, goals, purposes, uh, mission as uh, the Global Council. And then we have several auxiliary ancillary type groups. Uh, we have a next-gen uh, leaders group. We have a uh, evangelist group that is now formed. We have a scholars group that is uh, doing work and a discipleship commission. And all of that sort of uh, interrelated and connected back to the Global Council. The day-to-day -day operations are handled from here at Oral Roberts University. We have an executive director, Caleb Worley, uh, who is uh, leading sort of the day-to-day, everyday operations of Empower 21 and working with uh, the network around the world. But it is broad. It's vast. Uh, we we think, uh, from what we can tell, there are probably about 600 to 650 leaders involved in the leadership of uh, Empower 21 around the world. Mm -hmm. Now, you have a large gathering coming up, the Jerusalem Congress in 2020, but I've seen other gatherings that you have in, 
in places as diverse as Greece and Colombia. How do you decide where you're going to have these events? Well, the Global Council has decided that only once every five years will we have a global congress. So coming up in um, 2020, May 31st through June the 3rd, coinciding with Pentecost Sunday and the few days after, we'll be in Jerusalem at the basketball arena for our global congress. We've only had two of these before, so this is our third global congress. And then in between, uh, in the in the five-year interim in between, there are all kinds of events being organized by the regional cabinets. For the most part, those are done at the regional level, and the Global Council does not necessarily dictate to the regional cabinet what events they, they would do. We see events as part of process. We're after a bigger process, an intergenerational process, a helping a new generation connect with the power of the Holy Spirit, and bringing Christian unity for world evangelization. So we encourage the regional cabinets to do what works in their part of the world. Some have small events. Uh, some have really large events. And then we also ask that one region volunteer each year to have a con congress or conference right before Pentecost Sunday. So this year that will be in Bogota, Colombia, uh, in early June, right before Pentecost Sunday in the Western Church. And uh, it's going to be a grand event, actually. It looks like it's forming up really well. And then next year, 2020, we'll be in Jerusalem together uh, with the whole world there. Mm-hmm. The whole world. <laughs> That's pretty, well, pretty amazing to think about. People from around that. the world. Yeah, yes, people no, from I, all over the world. I understand yeah. what you're saying. And even in your vision statement, you talk about reaching every single person on earth and having that person be touched by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, that is a big vision. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Chris, what happened in one of our global council meetings a few years ago, we, in talking, we said, hey, what's the one thing that is so big that no organization, no one network, no one ministry could possibly do it by themselves? And this is where the Holy Spirit led us. Uh, so we've set a date by 2033, which is the 2,000-year anniversary of uh, Acts chapter 2, at least uh, we are regarding it so, um, that we would see every person on earth have an opportunity through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to know Jesus Christ. We don't necessarily believe everyone is going to be saved, but we believe everyone deserves a chance to know the Jesus we know, and we believe the work of the Holy Spirit is going before us and in us and through us uh, to give every person a, a realistic opportunity to know Jesus Christ. So that's our goal by 2033, and that's what's keeping all of us together uh, in the big, big vision of Empower 21. And I was just going to ask you, uh, you know, Jesus called believers to unity. How does E21 work toward the unity of the church? Well, again, I think uh, when you look at John 17, Chris, there are really three things in Jesus' prayer one is uh, relational unity, uh, that we would be one as he and the Father are one, in relationship together. So Empower 21 calls uh, spirit-empowered believers all over the world to be in relationship together in relational unity. Uh, the second thing is Jesus says, I want this to happen, and I'm praying it will happen so that the world may believe and so uh, this unity needs a missional purpose. In fact, we've learned over the years that just bringing people together for the sake of being together doesn't work very long, that we need a, uh, a shared purpose, a shared mission, as it were. 
And uh, we believe Jesus prayed for that, too, so that the world may believe. And that's one of the reasons we're together in this relational unity is so we can help the world believe. But then there's a third element some people forget. And Jesus says, I've given them the glory, Father, that you've given me, that they may be one. And so uh, I sort of say this, the glory is the rest of the story. And God's presence is one of the things that holds us together. So in many ways, E21 provides a platform that allows um, diverse believers in the Spirit-empowered movement to come together, to share together, to love one another, to get to know one another, and to be in relational unity. And then we champion a united vision that is so big that it calls us all to work together in order to reach every person on earth. Well, E21 is also multi-generational in nature. So is that true of your leadership as well, or are you mainly working with veterans of ministry? Yeah, uh, mostly in the Global Council, it's the spiritual fathers and mothers of the movement, though we have some young voices there. Uh, and the regional cabinets around the world, however, quite different in that they are populated uh, quite a bit by next-gen voices as well as uh, spiritual fathers and mothers. And then we have the uh, next-gen leadership group uh, where we're bringing young leaders together. We just did an event in Dubai in January called 40 Under 40, where we were looking for 40 of the top leaders in spirit-empowered Christianity under the age of 40 and brought them together so they can get to know one another, build unity now, and as they take over full leadership of ministries in the days ahead, they'll already be together. But we are very much intergenerational. We have young people in all of our meetings, uh, and we encourage them to have older people in their meetings. In fact, um, E21 is neither. It's not an old people's gathering or a youth gathering. It's intergenerational on purpose. We believe there's a blessing released from heaven when the generations come together, honor one another, and bless one another, as, um, as sort of indicated in Malachi 4. Sounds like you have unity in a lot of different ways. Well, we hope so. We sure, we sure try for it. But again, it's relational unity, loving one another and serving one another. Mm-hmm. So why is E21 so important to you personally that you would really invest yourself in it? Yeah, you know, Chris, again, uh, we sort of providentially stumbled into all of this, but uh, I've always had a heart for next generations. Uh, I believe that um, God really calls us to assure that his work continues in generations beyond ourselves. And even Christianity is always only one generation away from extinction, so next generations are super important to the gospel. So that's one of the reasons I'm involved, both at ORU and in Empowered 21. And and um, I really feel called to give back to this movement that helped really birth me and my leadership. Uh, I was touched by the power of the Holy Spirit as a teenager. It revolutionized my life in a very dramatic way. And I want to see people all over the world know this same Jesus and same Holy Spirit that um, really changed my life. So I'm passionate about... Uh, world evangelization, and I'm passionate about um, this movement that I'm part of to see it continue and grow into the future. You know, recent stats are telling us that Spirit-empowered Christianity is the fastest-growing Christian movement on earth, but also the fastest-growing religious movement in the world, and presently at least uh, growing at least twice as fast as world population. 
So I'm excited about what God has done over the last hundred and you know ten, twelve years. But I'm also really excited about what he's going to do in the future with new generations. And it's that I want to give myself to. You know, there's a scripture that says, when I'm old and gray, don't forsake me, Lord, till I show your power to a new generation. And I want, to, I want this new generation to really see and know the power of God. Well, amen to that. And I see that in the past you have served with the Church of God of Prophecy and the Church of God. Uh, I believe you had some roles with young people in those denominations, too, did you not? Yes, I served for 11 years in the Church of God of Prophecy as the International Youth Ministries Director, and then I uh, was placed between uh, the Church of God and the Church of God of Prophecy for several years as we did a sort of a joint evangelism effort together, uh, and a lot of young people were touched in that, and uh, presently now licensed and under the covering of the Church of God. So uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, both of those groups are fantastic, and I'm, I'm grateful for my heritage. Well, as you seek to empower younger generations in your current role at Oral Roberts University, how has ORU developed uh, during the time that you've been at the school? Yeah, it's been a real exciting time, uh, Chris, since I've been here. Uh, I'm finishing my sixth year now, and we've had uh, enrollment growth, actually 10 consecutive years now of enrollment growth. Um, we have no debt on the university. We've been in the black, so I'm grateful for that. Uh, we are growing uh, globally a lot. Uh, we're up to 108 nations now represented in our student body this year and about 4,500 students represented in our student body in four credit classes with about 3,000 others doing certificate programs. So we're serving about 7,500 students uh, each year now. We've added a number of new programs here at ORU. We've opened a global learning center. We're building our first dorm since the mid-1970s on campus, which is exciting. We have a new home for nursing and engineering on campus and a new track and a lot of other things planned as we go into the future. So it's been a real exciting time at ORU, and we're very, very grateful for God's blessing and, and grace on us. It's wonderful to see how God is using you to empower young people where you are at ORU, as well as, you know, bringing in the diversity of uh, multi-generational leadership in E21. So we certainly wish you the best in, in both of those uh, particular roles. Now, would you be willing to pray for our listeners as, uh, you know, someone who might be interested in learning more about spirit empowerment? Sure. Uh, Chris, let me also say, you know, people can go to empower21.com. They can go to oru.edu, learn more about all we're talking about. And um, I really see this new generation uh, as one of the great generations in the history of the world. So I'd like to pray for two things for those that are listening. One is that God would give them a heart for new generations. We call them Generation Z. And they have the potential to change the world more than any generation. And then uh, that people listening would really be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your blessings and your grace and goodness. And Lord, as we've journeyed around the globe, we see you working in dramatic and amazing ways. I believe, Lord, we're living in the greatest days of revival in the history of Christianity in the Spirit-empowered movement. And so, Lord, I pray for those listening to this podcast right now that if they're not 
living Lord, full of the Holy Spirit, and the dynamic of knowing Jesus in the fullness of, of your presence, that they would come to know this, Lord. Lord, there's a great revival going on in the world, a great awakening, a great outpouring, even in our day in the 21st century. And yet many, Lord, that uh, are in churches that may hear this uh, podcast are not experiencing that. So I pray they would have a personal revival with you, a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit that would help them be agents of your love and of your victory and of your peace with all of the world. And Lord, I pray for people today that don't know you all over this globe, especially in the new generations, Lord, that have been born just in the last couple of decades. I pray you would help us reach them, help us empower them, help us introduce them to you, Jesus, and help them experience the power of your Spirit in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Billy Wilson, for joining us today to speak about E21 and Oral Roberts University. Some exciting things happening there. Thank you, Chris. God bless you, and God bless all those listening. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.